0: Welcome to Coffee with Romina. This is your host, Romina Muhammetay, award-winning leader, negotiation and sales expert, and your new favorite podcaster. Each week, we bring you inspiring stories from extraordinary people of diverse industries, sharing practical advice and tips on how to overcome career and personal obstacles, define your own success, and take charge of your own destination. Thank you for spending time with us today. Now let the show begin. Hello, my beautiful people, and welcome back to Coffee with Romina Podcast. This is your favorite podcaster, Romina. It is Tuesday, you guys, so I hope you're having a fabulous and a tremendous and a beautiful day. Before we get started with today's episode, I just want to take a moment and thank you so, so much for tuning in to our podcast. If you are new to our show, welcome. And if you are one of our loyal listeners, thank you so much again for trusting me with your time And don't forget, you guys, to hit the subscribe button wherever you are listening to this podcast from. This way, you'd be able to stay tuned every single episode that we launch. As well as, if you are listening from Apple Podcasts, don't forget to give us a five-star review and a short comment to help our new listeners, you guys. So if somebody's trying to tune into the show, they can definitely see how amazing we are doing by those reviews that you guys are going to take a moment and do it right now. Did you guys give us a five-star Not yet? You want some more amazing episodes to give us five stars? Okay, cool. We got it. (laughs) Well, today's actually episode is with Mackenzie Murloff. You guys might know her as the Shark Tank Girl with the Delighted by Hummus, the amazing, delicious hummus, the dessert hummus that she produces. Well, it's multiple variety of hummuses, as a matter of fact. Her entrepreneurship journey started years ago, but she broke through the shelves within 14 months you guys so she went from farmers market to the shelves within 14 months and and selling 15 million dollars worth of products in just five years so she has done some really amazing things Today, we actually tap into a whole nother aspect of Mackenzie that people have not met before. Recently, she published her book, How to Lead a Badass Business from Your Heart. And we actually talk about increasing your emotional, your intuition, and your spiritual vibration for you to reach a higher potential, not only in life, but also in business. We touch base on her path to becoming as successful as she is right now. What emotional and spiritual path she actually followed to tap along into her feminine energy. She mentions on this episode as well that she was really into her masculine energy and she was struggling with it. So once she opened her heart to the feminine energy and was able to reach her full potential and reach a higher level of herself and her her whole world, really her life changed. I'm really excited about this episode, you guys, because we're definitely going to focus on reaching a higher vibration, a higher spiritual, and a higher emotional level for you in your personal life and in your business. So I don't want to spoil the episode anymore. I definitely want you guys to enjoy the episode. Don't forget to look at the links on the show notes, so this way you'd be able to connect with Mackenzie as well. Go ahead and purchase her book. It's an amazing book, How to Lead a Badass Business from Your Heart. You can find it anywhere, you guys, as well as you will be able to find it on the show notes. So without losing any more time, let's jump to the episode. Enjoy! Hey, Mackenzie, how are you today? Hi there. Thank you so much for having me. I'm stoked to be here. Absolutely a pleasure all mine for you being here and I definitely want to give a special thank you to Tim Wartz, the publisher for connecting us as a matter of fact and I'm excited for today's episode but first I want to pass on the mic to you tell us how did you go about having the career that you currently have if you can recap that for us so the audience get to know Mackenzie in a different version too. Sure
1: well my career is just completely entrepreneurial And honestly, I grew up always wanting to have my own business. I wanted to, you know, when I was little, I wanted to have a a hair salon. And then as I got older, like, you know, middle school, maybe I thought maybe I'd have a a restaurant, but the entrepreneurial path wasn't super encouraged by my family. Uh, They were more so interested in like traditional go to school, get a stable job. So I, I didn't, pursue it right away. But right when I left college, I started working for myself and pursuing entrepreneurial ventures that connected me to a purpose uh, in service to others. So I started in health and wellness and then gradually moved into food, which I'm really passionate about. And now that's just all I do. I'm, I'm a creative, I'm an entrepreneur, I have many different ventures, all that are connected to food. But more so, more importantly, is really doing business in a, in a conscious way, which how I got to that is a totally different
0: story. <laughs> but that's, that's it in a nutshell. Absolutely. Now, I you didn't mention the sh- social responsibility that you carry with you while you run your business. And you you find that very important in order for you to lead by example and align that with the person who you are. Can you tell us a little bit, how did you even get to that point And how has that helped you be as successful as you are, if that has helped in any way? Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Well,
1: you know, I think there are a lot of business, businesses out there that are interested in social responsibility these days that are, you know, connected to a mission to leaving the planet and humanity better than we found it and I think that's really important um but what i'm really interested in in addition to that of course is bringing harmony and balance um to ourselves as human beings in how we operate in the world and this might be a little out there but really what I'm interested in is restoring the balance between the masculine and the feminine. And what I have discovered in business is that it's really leaning towards masculine structure and strategy, which is definitely needed. However, what I am really interested in is restoring balance with the feminine, which is where intuition is. We have the these energies in all of us, whether we're a male or a female. We have both energies, and I think that the world has become out of balance and i um I'm, what I do in my businesses now is I lead them one hundred percent from my intuition. I'm not perfect in that I do make mistakes and will sometimes forget to trust my intuition just because I don't the world hasn't given me a lot of um proof that that always is what works out in business, but I'm here to really prove that it, that it does. So that's what, um, that actually has led to my success to lead from my own internal guidance system as a, as a woman, but more so just as, as the feminine. And I think that for every single person running a business or actually just living life that we need to have both energies, But that the masculine has to serve the feminine principle. And I'm really interested in that because I believe that when we as a a globe, as a collective, start serving the feminine principle, that we will then see the end of war and poverty and these other denser energies that are present on our planet right now that we all want to solve and one person isn't going to do it. But I think we need to restore balance within ourselves first. And so how that shows up for me is how I lead my businesses.
0: This show is sponsored by Sales Law of Average's online course. The course is a business development course teaching sales professionals and entrepreneurs how to master their sales funnel through sales and negotiation techniques. We all work hard on our leads. But unfortunately, often fail to convert those leads to sales. Well, now you can say goodbye to those days. Order the course today at connectwithromina.com forward slash courses to get a deep discount. Receive access to over 40 videos, 5 hours of training material, and study even movie negotiation scenes today for just $79. Use the promo code ROMINA, which is spelled R-O-M-I-N-A, at checkout. Again, the website is connectwithromina.com forward slash courses and use the promo code ROMINA mina that's spelled r-o-m-i-n-a at checkout master your sales today now have you always led with your feminine energy or was it a switch moment that you had throughout your business it was a huge
1: switch for me because most of us have grown up into a society where the masculine is the most present whether it's true or false masculine i guess it doesn't really matter so the traditional version of success and striving and achieving and doing it from the mind was what I was trained to do growing up. And it's what most of us are trained to do. The nature of, um, of school, the nature of the institutions that we go to, and even especially into our universities, is to indoctrinate us into one way of doing things, which is completely completely free from magic and miracle consciousness, intuitive nature, psychic abilities, and creativity. That is the feminine principle. So I was more so leading from the mind and from the masculine um, for the majority of my life. And then when I started in 2014 to become really present to the trauma in my body that I'd never addressed, I went to go through a healing process that led me to different modalities, specifically um, modalities that include shamanism and plant medicine. And these plant medicines started working on my subtle bodies, emotional, mental, spiritual, and physical to address the imbalances that were within me. And it started revealing to me how out of balance I was and how I was leading from the mind and often from fear, especially as it pertains to money and scarcity in my businesses and in my life and in how it was impacting my relationships and my fear of intimacy, my, my inability to commit in these deep patterns that were playing out in my life. So there was these this healing process that took place over the course of years and I'm still integrating that actually. I get, you know, an opportunity every day to notice if I'm leading from my feminine or not. And I'm still learning, very much discovering what that means for me and how to also keep it in balance with my masculine. So it was it was definitely a switch that's happened over time. And now I do spend a lot of time coaching other entrepreneurs and speaking to other entrepreneurs about this uh, because it has helped. Me actually lead from a place that feels right to me. It doesn't feel stressful. My anxiety has gone away. My, you know, overwhelm has gone away. I feel like I'm actually living and leading from a place of alignment that's natural for me versus forced.
0: Was it hard for you to first face that? Because sometimes as a person that has gone through anxiety and I did not even knew, for example, that that was anxiety. I just thought I hated my job and I just had no desire to work anymore. Mm. At the job that I, I always loved. I love sales, but it wasn't an anxiety because I just felt as I was pressured and I was pushed to do over and beyond and not get rewarded. So it was just an unalignment there. So for me, for example, it was very hard to actually cope with it and do some self-healing through, you know, through meditation and through reading multiple books and actually reaching out, was it easy for you to also do that switch? Because um, I, I like I want to see your perspective. Was it a, a one day switch or for you to even acknowledge that there is an issue there? What what is that process like for you?
1: Yes, it was a long process. It definitely took years and it, it wasn't just an overnight thing because the way that we've developed our mind as a society is essentially to keep us safe. We think that we're keeping ourselves safe by by leading from the mind because we're able to kind of follow the structure of our lives in a linear fashion. For instance, we're able to have a budget in our family you know, finances. And if we stick to this budget, then technically we are safe and we'll know we'll be able to provide for ourselves the food and the shelter that we need. And we'll know the amount that's coming in and we'll be able to cover those things. But this is a very linear way to look at something. And it's the way that our brain has convinced us we need to be safe or we, it's the way that our brain has convinced us that we need to do it in order to keep us safe. So it's actually coming from a more primal nature. It's coming from a place of security and safety. And um, like I said, primal, it's primal fear that's playing out. And, the what what the humanity is missing right now is that we have evolved past our primal nature we are actually divine intelligent multi-dimensional beings incarnated in human form we have evolved we don't have to rely on our primal genetics to lead us into this next phase of humanity but the brain hasn't recognized that so it sends chemicals of fear and doubt and um with, with our, with our security in mind. So it takes a lot of work, a lot of body work, a lot of energetic work, and a lot of, um, like taking risks to prove to your body that you are safe and to prove to your brain that you are safe to live outside of the box that society has put us into and to become more fluid and trusting and intuitive and moment by moment, rather than living in this construct of time and space this construct of spreadsheets and budgets, this construct of linear and strategy to come into a more feminine flow of life where we relax, where we live in harmony with nature, with the earth and with the land and live in harmony with others where we don't have to protect ourselves and fend for ourselves in the workplace and in the community. This is what we actually want. This is what what our heart wants. This is what humanity wants, that sense of oneness and peace and community and family. But it does take a lot of work and commitment to break down the constructs that our mind has created over time. So that's a long answer to say, no, it doesn't happen overnight. Yes, it takes a long-term commitment and it takes, you have to invest your time and your resources into getting the support from the healers or, you know, the modalities that you that you gravitate to to unwind what's been done over the course of many many generations
0: so also what i'm getting from it is that we live in a society that we have a defense mode up uh-huh. instead of a a union mode yep exactly and, and that's what's keeping all the you know all the primer like the you know the budgeting, the we need to do one, two, three, four in order to be sad because we're living on a defense mode. Mm-hmm. So for somebody that is trying to switch to that mode, I know it's a process, like you said, but what would be maybe some beginner steps that you can advise them to start putting that wall down of defense mechanism and maybe start joining more the union and the fluidity of the life and enjoying, you know, life in business a little bit differently amazing
1: question, the first step I feel is to actually recognize and accept the fact that there's a problem. So what that would look like is someone to take a really good, long, hard, honest look at what has happened over the course of many generations. And how you could do that is you could imagine what would happen to you if your electricity was taken, your water was turned off, the Wi-Fi was out, you had no cell service and there was no store to go to. There was no car to drive. What would happen? Well, you'd probably die because you don't have any survival skills. You don't actually know how to live in harmony with the earth. You don't know how to actually have union with nature or with animals. And basically your ability to to live in a tribal setting, in a community setting has been completely taken from you because... You're in a box that separates you from others. You go to your work, like nine to five, very structure. You go through the motions and you actually don't know what it takes to grow your food, to, to take life from an animal in a sacred way for your own nourishment and to live in harmony with, with the land. So the reason why I bring this up is because the first step that you have to, to just do is just accept that this is the reality. This has been taken from you in that in order to come back to a harmonious way of living, you have to return to nature. And we have to become more resilient and not rely on supply chains that can be taken from us and rely on systems that have been put into place that are numbers on a screen and actually have nothing to back it that can be taken to you on a flip of a switch by a pull of a cord. Once you accept that, which takes, which in itself is a process that is very emotional. It will start to work on your body and start to return you to your own power. And honestly, what happens from there is it'll just, you don't have to do anything. You just have to trust the process. You have to be willing to face that that's the reality, to accept that that's the current situation and to turn to your spiritual nature and turn to your heart to discover a new uh, power within yourself. And this is really where humanity takes its power back. So I know I'm kind of giving you a very like big, this is not a very like step one, go to yoga. Step two, get therapy. It's like, no, we, we actually are at a point in time where we have to, all we need to do is look backwards, accept the history, accept where we're at as a human race, and know that technology isn't the only answer. In fact, if we only rely on technology in a way that's not harmonious with nature, we're only going to reinforce the problem. And if you accept that there's not harmony right now, then your body will start revealing to you what what is harmony and what will be harmonious. Honestly, as scary as it sounds that your life could be taken from you in a moment because of how we've relied on these systems and structures, as scary as that is in the moment, once you start... Deepening into your body, there will be, like, you will actually be presented intelligence that's within your body, Mm. and it's, 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 it'll, it'll work on you in your dreams. It'll work on you in the conversations that you have. Signs will start presenting itself. Different symbols, different um intuitions, different messages. You know, grace is everything. And just because we've done this to ourselves as a human race, doesn't mean that grace is not possible. Like, gr- grace is always there. That's why we, ha- we have to rely on grace to give us breath in this time. And when you're in that moment of deep acceptance of what has been, that's when grace will fall on you and present to you the oppor- opportunities, the possibilities, the
0: miracles of what can be. I love it. And I love how you also said That, yes, we are living on a defense mode and the defense mechanism, but we have no surviving skills. That is the harsh reality. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to also ask you about healing process because in 2014, like you mentioned, um, you went through a really dark phase. And as we know, hurt people hurt people or hurt people hurt business. How important was it for you to go through that healing process to be where you're at right now? And do you think you'd be where you're at if you didn't go through that? Absolutely not. I think that
1: those dark nights of the soul or those those moments of contrast, those tough times in life that present challenges and tests, I think are the, the most important moments of being human in a way. It's because they wake us up. And they shake us up and, and they shake our reality For me, that dark night of my dark night of the soul, it it shook awake a lot of emotions that had never been felt or addressed or released that were being stored in my body. And therefore, those stored emotions and that stored trauma was interacting with my reality that I in a way I didn't know it was what was attracting the men in my life. (laughs) It was what was, you know, basically defining what would play out with those men in those interactions and I had, it was completely unconscious. I had no idea that my stored trauma was creating the reality I was living in. And so once I started going on my healing journey and I still am very much on it and always will be in a way, I became a clearer vessel so that I could interact with the world from a a clean place. And now I know when anything shows up in my reality that I created it, (laughs) that I attracted it for a reason. So rather than becoming a victim of my circumstances or a victim of what's going on in my life, I can interact with it in a way that's very curious and like, hmm, I wonder why that showed up. I wonder what that person or this situation is trying to show me. And I can look at it from a place of, oh, this situation or this person, even though it feels uncomfortable is actually reflecting to me an opportunity to grow, evolve, and expand. Therefore, I'm becoming closer to the person I really came here to be. And I'm becoming more aligned with the soul part of myself versus just the body. And I'll pause there because I don't remember what
0: the other part of your question was. Oh, I will say Oh, uh, well you answered at the very beginning actually because I asked if you would be where you are if you didn't go through that process and mm-hmm. how has that helped you? Yes, okay. But also something that I wanted to highlight is that when you talk about your um your soul and your spirituality, you talk to a higher positioning of yourself, which you with that keep the power of your your future and everything in your universe to you, which I think is super powerful how How has that helped you, or how can you even achieve such a stage?
1: Do you mean like acknowledging that my power
0: is within me? Correct. Or could you
1: rephrase it?
0: Yeah, that your power is within you because you're not giving the power to other other sources. you're you're acknowledging that the power is within you. Because yes. everything that you're digesting, you're digesting it with your soul, with your mind, with your spirit. Yes. How has that helped you, or how, like, to walk me sense. through that? Well, you know,
1: a part of my indoctrination was religion growing up, and so basically, what would happen, which many of us could rely or relate to. Is that the like God, this figure of God, this like masculine, like figure that's God, was outside of me and I should be scared of God and I should make sure that I'm a good little girl to do everything that God wants me to do in order to get to heaven. And this is actually just a part of our indoctrination. If you look at the history of religion, it's actually there's an agenda behind it and the agenda is to disempower the human being. What these people knew when trying to disempower us through the system and the religions is that the body is where the wisdom is. They knew that the individual is actually connected to the one source and that it's within the body down and in the body that all of our abilities reside. And so when I started deprogramming a lot of what I had learned from religion and started having these transcendental experiences through plant medicines, I felt the oneness that I am with my brothers and sisters with like you, for instance, with my family, with my friends, with the trees, with the earth, with God, with source, whatever you want to call it, universe, consciousness, source, energy, spirit, it's all just one. And I, when you have a transcendental experience, whether it's with the use of psychedelics or not, and my my use of psychedelics has only been natural plants, so ayahuasca, wachuma, psilocybin, cacao, um, I don't work with any non-natural psychedelic or man-made chemical, anything. But um, I just wanted to kind of point that out. So when you have this transcendental experience, whether it's through meditation or Um, a near-death experience, or working with plant medicines, it is impossible for you to recognize that we are one. You see and feel the oneness. It's impossible for you to ever come back from that experience and doubt that we are not one with each other and with nature and with God. And as I went through those experiences with my shaman over the course of many years, I became more and more present to the fact that inside of my body, inside of my DNA, carries every single gift that could possibly be available to us. That the wisdom and that God is actually inside of me. And this isn't like people a lot of times would be like, I am God. You know, like when you're in the spiritual community, you'll hear a lot of people referencing that they are God. Well, it's true. You know, it's it's really not an egotistical thing to say. It's not like I am God and therefore I reside over all. No, I, it's not that. It's not hi, hi, It has no hierarchy in it. It's that I recognize that God consciousness is within me and therefore I see that God consciousness resides within you. And therefore you become more kind and more loving and more heart open and more compassionate. And more willing to treat animals, nature, and other people with love, kindness, and respect. Because you know that when you judge someone else, you're judging yourself. When you shame someone else, you're shaming yourself. Anytime you go into separation, it's a false notion. So I guess just to wrap up this entire question, I just want to reiterate that the, that the body is where the wisdom is. And it was my direct experience and continues to be my direct experience that as I go deeper and deeper into my body and into the wisdom that it holds, I recognize that that's really where my power lies, despite the fact that society has tried to shame the body and say that it's of the lower nature and that, you know, the, the lust and the sins of the body, this is all programming. It's the, it's there to keep you out of the body because, if you have every single person on this earth in their power, in their individual power, then you can't control them.
0: would be a, a crazy yeah. and amazing world at the same time, I, I would say. I, I Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm down. Let's do it. <laughs> and now um, something that I also wanted to ask, because um, whenever you feel super power within you, you feel this level of confidence, which is a little risky, I would say. Sometimes, because and sometimes people do not see it. Um, unfortunately, my mom sometimes makes fun of me. Says I'm a little selfish or I'm a little egotistic. When I'm like, no, I just have the confidence because every, like you know, everything that happens to me, it happens to, it doesn't happen to me. It happens for me. So I yes. need to see how, what can I learn and how can I make this better mentality. That's how I attract. Like that's how I look at things. But sometimes whenever you come from that perspective, at least personally, it's not easy to ask for help. Is it easy for you to ask for help? It's become a lot easier over time
1: to ask for help because I recognize that I definitely can't do it all on my own and I don't want to. It's not fun. I, I used to try to do everything on my own and be this independent woman, but that was actually coming from a false notion of that I can't rely on anyone or that I'm not supported or that, um, you know, just maybe not being willing to trust other people Mm. or, or a lot of times actually just trying to prove myself, just wanting to prove myself to the world that I can do it all on my own. I don't need a man. I don't need help. I don't need this. And, you know, you really see that with like most mothers, like mothers these days, aren't just moms. They're, they're also working full time. They're also cleaning, doing the housekeeping and the cooking. They're and super moms, honestly. <laughs> a lot of times, you know, you know. but then they have to, then they're expected to be sexy in the bedroom and have a perfect body and make sure they got their workout in and that they're taking care of themselves and, you know, probably doing the finances as well. So this to me is not cool. I don't, I don't think that it's like when I see a super mom, like, wow, like that's really amazing. I'm like, wait a minute. Are you Okay. <laughs> like, you don't need to be doing all those things at one time. In fact, it should be um, more collaboration and more support for moms. But see, this goes back to the fact that we're in box structures separate from each other. We're not meant to be raising kids by ourselves. We're, we're meant to live in a community setting where, where one child has many parents and that everyone owns a different role in the community. and. It takes a it takes a village, takes a village to raise a child, right? <laughs> it literally does, and so, so yeah. For me, as I've become deeper into my true feminine nature, not my false feminine, not my false like independent woman, like even the nature of like feminism, it's super against the masculine, and it's like mad and angry, and like women rule all. That's not where I stand. I'm a hundred percent in deep reverence to the masculine. And I am I really value my nervous system, so I'm not going to stress myself out anymore just to prove myself, prove to everyone that I'm worthy of something. I'm just going to take it moment by moment. And I'm always going to ask for help and for support is, you know, the woman needs support, but the man needs support, too. Like we all need support. So I'm really interested in that now, now that I've kind of let go of the ego structures around proving myself and looking like I'm a superhero and a superwoman and I can do it all. It's like I just I've let go of that. I always tell entrepreneurs that the number one way that I cuz people are always like how do you do it all? How do you do all these different areas of your life? I'm like by literally relying on people around me to help. That's I don't do it all. I I do it all by not doing it all.
0: Yeah. I mean, Um, that's that's also a dangerous stage, too, when you don't care anymore about proving others how much you're worth and by trying to prove others of I am, you know, independent and I'm strong and I got this. That's a that's a dangerous zone, I would say, too, because you're just fully living just fully for yourself and not caring about the society's opinion anymore. Oh, well, yeah, I don't think that one should care about society's opinion. I think someone
1: should do their own heat, like heart work in deep, like really, cause you know, as a collective we're pretty heartbroken and there's been a lot of betrayal of ourselves, uh, heartbreak with, you know, different things that are happening in the, on the planet, whether it's our own sexual trauma or our own experiences of upbringing or um, just there's, there's a lot of heartbreak, right. That's unfolded in the collective, over many generations and so we have a lot of work to do around that of of releasing our heartbreak and also reopening our hearts again to trust another person and to love unconditionally and to know that we're safe to love and be loved and especially you know if you look at the the structure of marriage or or just the the male and female or even same-sex relationships, just the notion of romantic relationships in general are very um, compromised right now because we don't know how to relate to each other. We don't know how to soften. We don't know how to be vulnerable anymore. And we we have forgotten how, how to relate in harmony and to be open. Um, so that that's why the divorce rate is higher than ever. And the suicide rate is higher than ever. And, I really think that um, when you do the heart work, what happens after you do that, you have to be self-focused when you're doing the heart work. But then naturally what happens is you blossom in to who you were always meant to be and there's nothing left to do other than give generously from your heart because that's what fulfills you. So if you are self-focused on healing your heart and we're letting go of what you can, what other people think, there's what's going to result is that you're going to actually end up giving more to the community from a genuine place of generosity versus caring what others think. Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely. And something that I would just like to add to it, um, I had a good friend of mine say this one time, he said we, which I it it just kind of remembered me whenever you were um, saying that he said, we need to fight for a solution, but not fight to win. Because a lot of times we're fighting to be the winner, but not, you know, as collectively together fight for a solution, which I think that's also very important to remember. But Mackenzie, I definitely wanted to actually highlight the book as well that you recently wrote, How to Lead a Badass Business from Your Heart. Uh, Number one, congratulations on the book. This this is a project on its own, I bet. How long did it take you?
1: Thank you so much. I actually, I wasn't working on it straight, like through, I was just working on it, maybe in inner, like little interspersements of time, mm-hmm. if that's a word, probably three years. Is what it took just because I wasn't consistent with it. So it's kind of funny, like by the time it came to life, I had written it so long ago that I, some of it I didn't
0: even relate to, but that's, that's the risk as you know, you know, when you write a book. Yes, because you grow through it, too. By the end of uh, this happens with a lot of authors that I've met, yeah. they say by the time that they finished the book, they had so many new ideas and so many new opinions, and they just learned from the whole research and deep yes. search of themselves. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's when you know it's a good book. That's what I've got told from multiple authors. So that's good. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, so true. Now, I wanted to actually focus because we uh, we touched about the, you know, your soul, your spirit and the alignment of body, mind, soul. But I also wanted to focus on the business perspective, because you are a very successful entrepreneur. And like you said, you you've been entrepreneur and you always wanted to be an entrepreneur. But the most uh, successful project that I think this is your first big brain baby, we can call it, is the Delighted by Dessert. Which honestly, within fourteen months, you went from farmers market to the shelves, and you had sold over fifteen million worth of products in five years. Uh, congratulations, that's amazing. Um, I'm I'm sure there was a lot of hard work behind it, but I wanted to actually ask you how and why did you do it?
1: Wow, uh, that's a great question. Well. That business was birthed after my, my healing journey that I was referencing and I had had a business before, but because I was in a very different place, I, and I had heard that my purpose in the world is to spread my glitter. I had heard like, it doesn't matter what I do. It's more about how I show up to the room and the energy I bring. And I just knew that I wanted to lead a business with the intention of just spreading my glitter and just bringing more light to the world, even through something as silly or fun as dessert hummus. And the dessert hummus is the original product. And um, we've gone through many different changes of, of how, what we actually call it, you know, throughout the years, but, but regardless I also am a dreamer. So I had this dream to be, be the first dessert hummus to national shelves. And I had no idea what that meant at the time <laughs> or what that would require of me. But, um, but I set out to do it and that was my vision. And, and I just set out to make it happen thanks to all the amazing support that I received along the way and the challenges and the, the lessons and the growth that uh, has unfolded, continues to unfold. I would say my why initially was just to spread my glitter in the world and to be the light that I am and to do it through the through the vehicle of food because I feel that energy is real and therefore I know that energy is real and I feel that my energy from my heart is valuable. And so if I pour that into my food products, then those food products carry that energy into the person's body when they eat them and then you know, then it goes back into the earth and it's this whole cycle that really delights me and, and really makes me feel like I'm contributing to the world. Even if someone doesn't know that there's a certain energy in my product, at least I know. And we always say like got delighted by our main mission is to give the world more reasons to be delighted by life. So we take that into account with every decision that we make, whether it's financial or it's just like a lot of behind the scenes decisions happening all the time. We want to make sure that if we are transparent with every decision, that the world would be more delighted by it than not. And and lastly, I'd say that my why with this business also pertains to Conscious Enterprise, but not just like a triple bottom line in the way that Conscious Enterprise has been just defined before. I'm actually really interested in creating a new template for, the, for Conscious Business, like literally a new paradigm of business that the world has never seen before. And so what that means is that as I lead my business, I have to do it in a way that's like very intuitive and moment by moment. And I believe that as I'm doing that, and as we are doing that as a team, we're laying a totally new template for entrepreneurs and creatives to see that it's possible to do it in a way that feels right to them. I think that there's a lot of entrepreneurs of my generation that Especially light workers and people in the spiritual community, they're scared shitless of business and money because of the greed and fear that's played out in the world and how that's negatively impacted others. And I think a lot of creatives don't even want anything to do with business or with money or the systems because because they don't want to be a part of hurting others. But what I'm out to do is to create it in a way that actually gives Gives back and then inspires entrepreneurs to get involved and to contribute their creative gifts in an entrepreneurial way, um, knowing that they can again do it in a way that that feels right in their body and in their hearts.
0: What uh, what did you say has been the the biggest lesson that you may have gotten from a failure or a success as an entrepreneur so far?
1: <laughs> there are so many. I, I wouldn't even know where to start. So how about I just give you like the most
0: recent one? Okay. (laughs) Um, But that's when you know you're also evolving because you keep you know if you keep applying those lessons that's how mm -hmm. you know you're also evolving. But yes let me hear the last one.
1: (laughs) Well you know it's like I am someone that really learns through experience and Sometimes I kick myself for that because I'm like, damn it, why did I have to learn that lesson <laughs> in such a hard way? But that's just, I don't know if you've ever heard of the gene keys, but it, it's in my gene keys profile to like that I'm here to learn through experiences and I have to like
0: accept that that what that brings and so that's how I am too because somebody can sit there and tell me you know one two three and give me a whole list but if yeah, I don't yeah. go through it yeah I will trust you but not a hundred percent and I still want to try it on my yeah. own <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> Which sometimes I wish I wasn't like that but yeah I feel like that's yeah. how I learn better too
1: yeah I hear you like <laughs> it's really gonna stick for me if I've had an
0: experience you know yes like, you uh, know, those feelings and emotions, you're like, oh, I can totally make a yep. list for you now, because I went through it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's it.
1: So, I, you know, the this is going to sound really cliche, but I just had a huge experience of um, back in the fall, I hired a president for my company and we made some different from new hires and brought on some people with more executive experience in the food industry because COVID was really impacting our business. And it wasn't just COVID. COVID was exasperating some issues we had already seen on the shelf due to a lot of competition in the space and the price wars that go down. And there's just so much to the food industry that most people don't know. And um, and it was impacting us. Like we're the small guy, but we're also like the innovative entrepreneurial, you know, company that isn't backed by huge money and um Our ingredients are more expensive and you'd think that that would have weight, but it doesn't. And we started losing distribution, um, based on not being like an essential item or getting like replaced by a cheaper item. So anyway, I, I hired these, a few guys to come in and, and I had really had to do a lot of healing with the masculine to even like trust that masculine energy to come in. Um, and I, cause I had had like a team of all women for so long. Oh <laughs> yeah, which is like we needed balance, but I was really like grateful for for these guys to come in and just to bring more. Like they were really bringing like strategy and vision. Like like I said, everything has to be in balance. But the problem is that I I thought that I as the woman or no, just me the founder was the person that created the product, and that then. Because I created it in a really sacred way and I built out a team and a company culture that was like just magical. Just so, like, people in my organization have been so vulnerable with each other and connected. It's like a family. A family, yeah. It's beautiful. Well, I thought that then, you know, when you bring on these other types of leaders, that if you interview them in the right way and you get them to give their word to you to protect the sacred within your business, that they're going to do it. And I I really trusted people at their word. And what I did as, as a creative was I, I stepped back from the business quite a bit because I really needed some space in my life to embrace my zone of genius and to get creative again and to initiate some new ventures. And during this time, you know, this this leadership was taking my company in a direction that i didn't even know about really at the time but then as i started catching up in the recent weeks i was like what the hell is going on this is not okay with me this is not what i created the business for this is not the intention of myself or my investors and i had to come back in and get really involved and long story short i had to like terminate a lot of people but What I learned in all of that is that in business and creative ventures, but in life in general, it's going to require the feminine and the masculine. However, the feminine has to be present to guide the ship because as much as we think the masculine is meant to guide, that's not true. The masculine is meant to serve the feminine. It doesn't mean that the feminine is better than the masculine. It just means that the feminine is the one that is intuitively connected to the whole. Meaning when she hears something, she's going to be able to tell you just based on her intuition in her body, whether or not it would be good for the planet and for humanity. If it would actually be in service to the cosmic heart, in service to the light, or alternatively, in service to the shadow of humanity and in service to something that we don't want to continue to create more of. So I'll give you another example. If you put a fem- a female that's in tune with her intuition in every single boardroom and every single government, like in a government position and whatnot, it doesn't mean men would need to go away. Men need to be there, but they need to turn to the woman. Again, this has to be a woman that's connected to her feminine that has yeah. gone through her own healing and is not acting from shadow. So they have to turn to the woman and say, how do you feel about us dropping bombs on Pakistan? Or what is that woman going to say? She's going to say, fuck, no. 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 You will not take brothers, my brothers and sisters' lives. You will not take these children's lives and you will not do it for personal and financial gain. That is not how we go about things. So what is she going to do? She's going to encourage peace when the masculine has done his own shadow work. Again, whether it's in a girl or a guy, it doesn't matter. But when the masculine, the true masculine is integrated and the shadow has been addressed and integrated into the whole person, that masculine will actually take the feminine really seriously and will deeply honor it and know that actually he is in service to the feminine. So he will take her words and her feedback very seriously. And in fact, he will know that he needs the feminine's guidance and intuition to even operate in a way that will actually serve humanity. And then the feminine will know that she needs the masculine in order to help bring her vision to life. So it's, it goes hand in hand. And I guess to wrap it all up, my biggest lesson is that back in the day, I was so in my feminine leadership that there wasn't enough getting done. So what I did was I swung the opposite, opposite pendulum. I swung the pendulum to the opposite. And I, I gave power to the masculine to basically take over my company And the lesson that I've learned is that we need both in the boardroom at all times. And we both need to be in harmonious connection and co-creativity. And we need to be in communication about every decision. And so I think this will show up in marriages. This will show up in business. It'll show up, you know, it's just going to show up everywhere. And and this is what I'm really interested in creating moving forward. So it was a big lesson on me because (laughs) it was an expensive lesson. And it was a painful lesson and I'm picking up the pieces now. Um, And, but it's having me recognize my value more than ever that I'm noticing where I devalued myself and thought that I needed the masculine to actually have a successful business. Well, yes, we need both, but I can't do, I can't, the masculine is never going to replace me. And so it's having me value my intuition, value my presence, value my wisdom, value my knowledge more than ever, rather than looking at myself as this like young little girl who doesn't know anything about the business world. You know, it's like, yeah, maybe I don't have decades of experience in the corporate world, but that doesn't mean I have less value. And that doesn't mean I shouldn't have a seat at the boardroom. And I'm never again going to attract men in my life that devalue me and diminish me and diminish my presence in the boardroom. Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely. And I love it because this is coming, everything that you said, it's coming from a very, I would say, confident and a very open-minded and intuition perspective, Mm -hmm. as well as it's coming from an energy of alignment of you know, to work more as a team, but also I feel like you, uh, from this, correct me if I'm mistaken, but I feel like you also learn your own self-value as a businesswoman
1: Mm. differently
0: also because you had to go through that, which again, like you said, it was an expensive lesson, but I feel like this lesson is going to take you further long-term because you've learned that hard lesson. Mm, Exactly. (laughs) Exactly.
1: Love it. Thank
0: you. I love this interview. Now, before we jump to the last three questions, which the audience knows the last three questions, I also wanted to ask you, in this life, Mackenzie, what do you want to be remembered as? If you can say three things that you want people to remember you as.
1: Oh, I love that. I would love to be remembered as someone that opens people's hearts and that is basically gives others permission to be their full selves another thing I'd love to be remembered for is like be- being a presence where people feel safe to share their emotions and can release their shame Um, just
0: by like being around me there's a few things <laughs> There, yeah I mean all of those are are selfless, too, because it's coming to the serve of the others. Um, that's what I'm getting from it. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. Now, the very last three questions, I know you mentioned a little bit, but what's a new and exciting project that you're working towards that you'd like to share with us? Because I know you say you're working on something big and something new, like a rebirth, but can you share any any anything with us regarding this project? Sure. So, yes, Delighted By
1: is definitely going through a rebirth. We're going to be launching brownies, Via e-commerce soon, um, probably end of March, early April, sometime. So stay tuned on Instagram at Delighted by Desserts. We're also going to be reformulating our product so that we can sell it online. Our dessert hummus product. So stay tuned on that. Um, my partner Michael and I, my husband and I, we are launching a venture called Request Bar, which is a protein bar that is the most delicious protein bar you've ever had. But more importantly, it's Carries a message that is to inspire people to dream big again, to have courage to pursue their wildest dreams, to take those leaps of faith, to know that they're worthy of those dreams and that the universe is conspiring in their favor to make those dreams come to life. So we're really excited about that. We just bought a van, a request bar van, and we're living a little bit of a nomadic life right now while we look for a commercial kitchen to start out of. You can follow my husband at Michael J. McPherson on Instagram. He's always posting cool shit about it. And there was, I thought, one other thing, but I also have a ceremonial grade drinking chocolate company. It's a nonprofit. It's called Cacao, K A K A O. And you can find us at Cacao Drinking Chocolate on Instagram or flycacao.com. And so what you can do is start to work with ceremonial grade cacao, the drinking chocolate each morning or some like a few times a week. And it's very heart opening. It sparks creativity. It helps you release emotions. It helps with meditation. It's amazing. So there's a few things we're working on right now. You have a loaded
0: 2021. That's for <laughs> sure.
1: <laughs> it's oh my so goodness! Fun.
0: <laughs> now I know you mentioned Instagram and to connect with Michael. So what I'll do for you guys is I'll also attach those uh, links on the show notes for my lazy listeners. It's just a tap away, you guys, to connect. But uh, Mackenzie, where else can uh, can the audience
1: connect with you? You could check out my website, MackenzieMarsliff.com. I just, I don't have like a lot going on right now other than the businesses, but probably once a year I launch coaching program where we do like a, like right now we're in it. It's like a seven month container with 20 people and we go through all the different parts of life. And that's really, really juicy and fun and connecting. If you do go to flycacao.com, you can find that we also have a bunch of free events and online ceremonies each month. That would be it.
0: I mean, that's a lot. I love how you say that would be it, but that's a lot. <laughs> You're so sweet. Thank you. So I'll attach all the information. And then my very last question, which I have to be biased, and this is my favorite question to ask to all my guests, is what is your personal definition of success? Hmm.
1: My personal definition of success is feeling. It feels creative and free. And like a calm nervous system and just really in deep appreciation to be alive and like really noticing the little things, whether it's your partner's eyes, the ocean, the sunrise, the, you know, your interaction at the grocery store. Just like really appreciating those small moments to me is the biggest definition of
0: success. I love it. So take it. Take the joyness of everything that you see, you touch. Uh, therefore, you can you know feel success a little bit differently. So it's not. So so far, I have yet to have the person X amount of money, and I'm very happy. I have not had that <laughs> guest X amount of money. We're yes. doing a great job at the guest selections, you guys. Just saying, you're doing great. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I love it.
0: <laughs> Any last thing you'd like to leave the audience with, dear?
1: Oh, just thank you so much. Like I really had such a fun time answering these questions and it's just a testament to you and who you are for the world. So honestly, just I'm deeply honored to be here. Thank you to you and the listeners and I'm sending so much love to, to everybody.
0: Thank you. And thank you to all you, my dear listeners. And now you should definitely also go to the stores and get the hummus, Delighted by Hummus, because it's delicious. I have to say, um, me and my friend actually finished two packs of that just one day. It was, de- <laughs> I know, it was really good. Okay. Thank you for that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, you guys. And make sure to tune in every week for amazing episodes just like this one. This podcast is a 67 Radius production. To learn more about 67 Radius, our services, and how we can help you strategize your marketing and increase your sales, click the service tab on connectwithramina.com.